We're going to be learning chapter 4 in the Sefer Sha'arim L'Sha'arei Yosher, which is based on the first Sha'ar in Sha'arei Yosher of Reb Shimon Shkup. And this ties in with the idea we discussed in the first recording, that Reb Shimon develops the idea that even though there are some things which should not be done, it does not become a full-fledged sin until the person finds out what they did. So it's possible for something to not be a sin when they do it, but yet it becomes a sin when they find out that what they did was wrong. So Reb Shimon's going to apply that idea to the concept of Hasras Safek. There is a debate in the Gemara between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish about Hasras Safek, which means in order to be punished, one needs to be given Hasra'a. So the witnesses have to warn the person that what they're doing is going to lead to punishment. Without Hasra'a, the person can't be punished by the court. Now, the question is, what happens in a case where it was unclear if what this person was doing was a sin? So the witnesses warned the person that what they're doing might be a sin, but they couldn't say for sure that it was a sin. And then the person went ahead and did it. So according to Rabbi Yochanan, that's a valid hasra'a. And this person can then be punished later on when it turns out that what they did was wrong. And according to Reish Lakish, a suffake is not considered a valid hasra'a so there was no hasra'a and even if the person did something wrong they can't be punished for it later on because it's as if there was no hasra'a so Reb Shimon asks on the view of Reb Yochanan, how can someone get punished later on when at the moment they did the sin, this was not the type of action that deserved punishment? That's why it's a case of suffake, because when they did the sin, it was unclear what they were doing, so they would not have been punished at that moment. So how can we say later on that the hasra is considered valid and the punishment backtracks to what they did when it was unclear that what they were doing was wrong. Says Reb Shimon, the answer to this will be, as we just said, based on his concept that even if at the moment it's unclear, it's a suffix, once the person finds out that what they did was wrong, it turns out that they actually violated a prohibition. So at that moment, the sin kicks in. So that's what Rabbi Yochanan means to say, even though when they did it, it was a suffix, but later on the sin kicks in when they have yidiyah, they find out what they did. So the hasra'a, which was given back when they did the action, kicks in and they're able to be punished. So now Reb Shimon identifies a three-way machlokas in Tosfos, how to understand the concept of hasra's safek. And he says that it's not a problem that Tosfos is contradicting himself because different commentaries of Tosfos were written by different people. So there's three different views in Tosfos. It's not a contradiction, but it's actually three different rabbis with three different views. The issue that Tosvos is discussing is Tosvos says that there is a difference between two types of cases of Hasras Safek. The first is, let's say there's someone who didn't go through puberty. They haven't reached maturity. So according to Halacha, they're treated like a child, even if they're 15 or 16, and they wouldn't be punished for what they do. Now, if it turns out that this person is a sris, so they're not going to go through puberty. This is their adulthood. That's called in Halacha a sris. So now that person is considered an adult, even though they did not go through puberty. So let's say a 15 or 16-year-old ate a non-kosher piece of meat, and at the time it was unclear, are they adults? 
delayed puberty case, so they're still a child and they don't get punished? Or are they a sris and they should be punished? But then a few years later, it becomes apparent that they are a sris, so now we're able to resolve the suffix from a few years earlier. So Tosos and Yevamos writes that that is not a case of hasra suffix because since it gets resolved later on, everyone would agree that that is a good hasra'a and we can punish the person later on after it becomes clear that they are a sris. As opposed to the case of hasra's suffake, which is, let's say, a kid hit two men and one of them is his father, but we don't know which one of them is his father. So that is a hasra's suffake because there we can never clarify which of these two men was his father. So according to Tosvos, hasra's suffake is only when it can never be clarified, not when it will be clarified in the future. Now, Reb Shimon asks on this, how could it be that if a kid hits two men and one of them is definitely his father, but we don't know which one, that's considered hasras suffake because at the end of the day, he hit both of them. So either way, regardless of which is his father, either way, he definitely hit his father. So why should that be considered a hasras suffake? So says Reb Shimon, based on my explanation, this will beautifully explain this view of Tosfos. Because if the whole idea of hasra suffake is that the reason the person gets punished is because at some point they know that they actually did a sin. So that idea is an integral part of why we're able to punish them. Now, in the case of the kid hitting his father, there's never a idea. Even though we know for sure that he did something wrong, but we never can clarify which of the men was the father. So at no point is there real Yediyah knowledge as to what he did wrong. So that's why it's considered Hasra Suffolk. We cannot punish this kid because the Yediyah element is missing. As opposed to the case of the Sris, where even though the Suffolk is much greater when he actually eats the non-kosher meat, because we don't even know if he did anything wrong, but at some point there is full Yediyah. Later on, we learn that he is a Sris, so now he knows for sure that he did something wrong. So that's why we're able to punish him. So even though the case of the Sris is a much bigger suffix than the kid who definitely hit his father, but in the case of the Sris, there's Yediyah, as opposed to the kid who does not have Yediyah. So that's why, according to this Tosvos, he cannot be punished. Now, Tosvos in Ksubis says the exact opposite. The case there is that somebody throws a rock into a group and they didn't know if they were going to kill a Jew or a non-Jew. So that's considered Hasras Suffolk. So Tosvos there differentiates between that case and the case of a kid who hits two men and one of them is his father. Tosvos says because in the case of the kid and the men, he knows that he hit his father. He just doesn't know which one is his father. So that's considered a good hasra'a. As opposed to in this case, where when he throws the rock, he doesn't know who he's going to hit. So that is considered hasra's suffix because he might not hit a Jew at all. So according to this Tosvos, it's the exact opposite. In a case where he doesn't know what he's doing, it's only going to be clarified later on, that's less of a hasra'a. It's more of a suffix than a case where he knows he's doing something wrong. He's just not sure 
sure which part of it is wrong. So basically, there is a debate between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish about Hasras Safek, which is in a case where a kid hits two men, and one of them is definitely his father, but we don't know which one. So there is a debate whether that Hasra is valid or not. Now, there is another type of case where at the moment where the person does something, it's unclear whether this is going to be wrong at all or whether nothing's going to happen. So that's the example of the case where someone throws a rock into a group of people or a teenager who's not reached puberty eats non-kosher meat. So it's unclear whether anything wrong was done, but eventually it's going to be clarified one way or another. So now there's a debate between these Tosvos about how to view those cases. According to the first Tosvos, those cases are considered a better hasra'a because, as we just explained, there's going to be a full yidiya eventually. So since the person is going to know that they did a sin, so the hasra'a is good according to everybody. Even Reish Lakish would agree that's a valid hasra'a. Whereas according to the second view in Tosvos, it's the exact opposite. Everyone would agree that those types of hasra'a are not a valid hasra'a. So the hasra'a in those cases is less of a hasra'a because we don't even know if the person is doing anything wrong. So even Rabbi Yochanan would agree that it's not a hasra'a. Now, Reb Shimon explains this second view of Tosvos, and he has somewhat of a technical explanation to explain how he reads the Gemara, but the conceptual idea that he develops is that according to this Tosvos, there is a difference between these two types of cases of Hasras Safek. In the first case where Reb Yochanan and Reish Lakish have a debate, so a kid hits a man, we don't know if that's his father or not, but then he hits another man and one of of them is definitely his father. So the second action is actually making the first action into a sin because the first act on its own was a suffix. We don't know if he hit his father. Now, together with the second later act, so definitely one of those hitting was his father. So it's not that the second action later on clarified the first action. It's that it actually turned it into a sin. Both acts of hitting these men only became a sin when taken together. Each on their own was a suffix, but together they both become a sin. As opposed to in the other cases where the act itself is a pure suffix. Then what happens later is that the suffix is clarified. So we find out that either this person was a sris, so they were an adult when they were 15, or it turns out that they were not an adult. Or in the other case, either a Jew is killed by the rock or a non-Jew is killed. But either way, it clarifies whether this person did something wrong. So it doesn't actually change the original act, but it clarifies whether it was a sin deserving of punishment. So that that's what this Tosvos holds, that the debate between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish is talking about a case where the second later action changes the first action. So now it's clear that there was a sin, but it required a later action in conjunction with the original action. So that's a debate between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. But when the original action is never changed, it's only clarified. So there, everyone, even 
even Rabbi Yochanan would agree that that is not a valid hasra'ah. So that's how he formulates this second view of Tosvos. Then there is the third view of Tosvos in Nida Memvav Amidbeis. That Tosvos holds that there is no difference between these two types of cases of Safek, and the Machlokas Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish applies in both cases. So just as Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish debate a case where the second later action changes the first action, the kid who hits two men and one is his father. So the same debate applies also in a case where it was a complete pure suffix originally and then the later information clarified the original behavior. So in the case where someone throws a rock into a group, according to this third view of Tosvos, that would also be part of the Machlokis, Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish, whether that's valid Hasra'ah. So those are the three views in Tosvos. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish have a debate in a case where a kid hits two men and one is definitely his father, but we don't know which one. The first view of Tosvos holds that in a case where someone does a pure suffix and then it's clarified later on, everyone would agree, even Reish Lakish, that that's valid Hasra'ah. The second Tosvos holds in that type of case where it's clarified later on, everyone would agree, even Rabbi Yochanan, that it's an invalid Hasra'ah. And the third view of Tosvos holds that the Machlokas Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish applies to that case as well. Now, applying this discussion about Tosvos to the view of the Rambam, so Reb Shimon answers a contradiction within the Rambam. There is a problem that the Rambam seems to contradict himself whether he agrees with Rabbi Yochanan or Reish Lakish. In two places, the Rambam rules like Rabbi Yochanan. In in Hilchos Shvuos Dalid Yud Zayin, the Rambam discusses a case where someone makes a vow not to eat this loaf A if I eat loaf B. And then they go ahead and they eat loaf A and then they eat loaf B. So when they ate the first loaf, it was not clear whether they were going to be doing anything wrong until they ate the second loaf. And the Rambam holds that they can be punished because Hasra's suffix is a good Hasra. Likewise, in Hilchos Sanhedrin Tes Zayin Dalid, the Rambam discusses a lav shenitak la'asei, which is a prohibition that can be corrected. So let's say the Torah said don't steal and then return the stolen object. So the thief is able to correct the sin by returning the stolen object. So if someone violates this type of prohibition, it's unclear whether they're going to correct it or not. But the Rambam rules that they can still be punished because, again, Hasra's suffix is a valid Hasra'ah. So those two halachas follow Rabbi Yochanan. But then the Rambam also seems to rule like Reish Lakish in Hilchos Shvuos Hey Beis. The Rambam writes that if someone swears falsely that someone else is going to do something and then the person doesn't do it, they don't get punished because that's Hasra's suffix. We don't know if their original Shvua, their false oath, was false or not. As the Rambam writes, Why doesn't the person get punished for swearing falsely? Because it was possible that the other person was going to go ahead and do it. So we didn't know if this was a false oath or not. 
So when the witnesses gave him hasra'a, it was a suffake, says the Rambam, ain lokin, you do not get punished for hasra's suffake. Ella imkain lav shebo mefurash batorah, unless the prohibition is explicit in the Torah. So first of all, this Rambam contradicts the earlier two halachas where he ruled that hasra's suffake is a valid hasra'a, and here he writes that it's an invalid hasra'a, but also there's a problem with the language of the Rambam. What is it mean unless the prohibition is explicit in the Torah? The prohibition of shvuas shav, of false vows, is explicit in the Torah. So in this case, the lav, the prohibition, is black on white, written explicitly in the Torah. We don't know if this person, in this specific case, is going to end up violating that prohibition, but the prohibition itself is certainly explicit in the Torah. So what does the Rambam mean that hasra's suffake is an invalid hasra'a because the prohibition is not explicit in the Torah, that's the wrong emphasis. This prohibition is explicit in the Torah, but it's still a hasras suffix in this specific situation. So to explain this language and the rulings of the Rambam, says Reb Shimon, if the Rambam agrees with the second view of Tosfos in Ksubis, so then this will make sense. According to that view, there is a difference between a case where the person definitely did something wrong, where the future action transforms the original action into a prohibited action. So there, Rabbi Yochanan holds, it's a valid hasra. But if the future action or knowledge only clarifies what originally happened, but it doesn't transform the original action, so according to this view in Tosvos and the Rambam, everyone would agree that that's an invalid hasra'a. So now this will explain the rulings of the Rambam. In the case where a person vows not to eat loaf A if they eat loaf B, so later when they eat loaf B, it transforms the original action into a prohibited action. So that is the classic case where Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish have their debate and the Rambam rules like Rabbi Yochanan that that is a valid hasra'a because again, the second later action changed the first action into a prohibited action. So that's where Rabbi Yochanan says that it's a valid hasra'a in that case. But now the Rambam is bothered by the case of lav shenitak la'asei. You have a prohibition which can later be corrected. So there is a suffix at the moment of hasra'a whether this person is later going to correct their original violation or not. So what's going to happen later is not going to transform the original action. It's going to clarify the original action. So the Rambam is bothered. Why should that be a valid hasra'a? Because as we just said, in a case where the later knowledge is not going to change the original action, it's going to clarify it. Everyone agrees that it's an invalid hasra'a. So the Rambam answered, since it's a lav mefurash Torah, since the Torah said that this action is prohibited. Now the Torah obviously knew that this behavior could be corrected later on, and it's still calling it an explicit lav. 
So the Torah is telling us that this type of suffix is an exception to the general rule, even though later on the second piece of knowledge is not going to change the first action, it's only going to clarify it. The Torah is still saying that in this case, the prohibition could be punished for. So we consider this a valid hasra. So that's what the Rambam is hinting to, that this is an exceptional case where the Torah explicitly said that even though later on it's only going to clarify the original action, it's still a valid hasra'a, and that's why there is punishment for a lav shenita klase. So that now explains the language of the Rambam in the case of Shvuas Shav. The Rambam is saying that when one swears falsely about what someone else is going to do, that is not explicit in the Torah. So that's not an exception to the general rule of Hasras Safek. So since that's a case where later on the original swearing falsely is clarified, but it's not changed, so says the Rambam, that's an invalid hasra'ah according to everyone. Even Rabbi Yochanan agrees that that's an invalid hasra'ah. So the Rambam does consistently rule like Rabbi Yochanan, and he's saying in the case of Shuas Shav, what happens later doesn't change the original prohibition, it only clarifies it, so everyone agrees that it's not a valid hasra'ah, and there is no punishment. Punishment, and the Rambam further clarifies because since that case is not explicit in the Torah, the Torah never told us regarding that case that there is a punishment. So that's why it follows the general principles of Hasras Safek. As opposed to in cases where the Torah explicitly says there's a punishment, even though later on something's going to be clarified, like Lav Shanita Glasse, so those are the exceptional cases where the Hasra is valid. So that explains why the Rambam inserts that additional explanation in the case of Shavuas Shav.